relationships. Um, so I found myself in a second marriage with um, what can only be classified as a narcissist. Um, mm. And I did not have any clue about what that really entailed until after I was out of it, actually. Um, I read a book called Out of the Fog, and it was like reading my life on the page. <laughs> oh my gosh, like there's words for what I have lived. It was it blew my mind. Um, but prior to that, I had thought that it was just alcoholism, that this second marriage I was in, he was an alcoholic drinking, you know, the giant bottle every two to three days um, and became super abusive that way. And so um, instead of realizing that that's problematic and walking away from it, I tried to, you know, make myself all of the better things. <laughs> um, I found myself in this like deep depression, um, trying to figure out like why I wasn't good enough to be able to hold this marriage together. And it was my second time with a marriage. And I just thought everything was wrong with me, really believed and internalized all of the verbal abuse that I'd been hearing for the last few years. Um, and so I, I Googled and I found this program called Love Over Addiction that's specifically for wives of alcoholics. And I will tell you that program like absolutely changed my life where um, she talked about how when you're married to an alcoholic and you're putting up with this type of abuse that you're just as sick as they are and need the healing. And that blew my mind. Mm. was like, oh, okay, it's not him that needs to be fixed. It's, well, I mean, he does, but it's, it's me and I can only control me. <laughs> And so um, I started down this pathway of healing and being able to overcome that depression and, and to really start to take responsibility for my own life again and my own choices. Um, I was able to leave that marriage once I got the clarity that I needed in my own life again of really owning that responsibility of if I'm choosing this, then what does that look like? And do I want to keep choosing this? Is this something that I want in my life? Is this something that I want for my children to see? I have three daughters from my first marriage and, you know, they're, they're teenagers. And what, what are my showing them as acceptable? So like one too many conversations of don't let somebody treat you this way finally made me realize why am I letting somebody treat me this way? So yeah, so, so fast forward a few years late, later and I had this opportunity to become a certified coach. And I was one of those moments where I just jumped um, it's something that I thought about way in the future, but this opportunity came along that I couldn't pass up. And I thought that's, that's it. That's what I need to do so that I can help other women like me, um, be able to not necessarily get out of those bad relationships. There's plenty of, of people that work on that, on that end of things, but really in integrating all of the complicated emotions that come from having lived in that. And how do you make that into your new life? How do you choose choose your own adventure going forward that's awesome no that's that's <laughs> yeah i mean I, I and this really plays on something that's important to me which is 
helping women identify ways to get out of relationships and still feel kind of whole because I know that we, um, it tends to get into our mental health a lot more and we um, manifest it a lot differently than men do. And so I, I think it's wonderful what you're doing. I think that it's a, it's a needed space, you know, that we don't have right now. Totally. Absolutely. And I just want to illustrate, I... sorry, I just oh, no, wanted to illustrate something for our listeners because they can't um, see us. And, and I just um, want to say that you can't see Rebecca, but she's totally glowing like from the inside out which is not something that you see often because we're kind of, we get stuck in our own mess, you know, but I just want people to know that, that that's what I'm looking at and it's a wonderful thing. And we all need a piece of that, right? <laughs> we do, right? And that's that's exactly my my whole platform right there is like life is messy, but it can still be fun and we can still be radiant. We can still enjoy it. You've read my blog and my Instagram, like I'm real. I talk about the the crap that happens. And it's, it's not like you wave a magic wand and you leave this bad relationship and everything's better. I mean, even my plants grew new leaves the first day I was in my new apartment. So, I mean, like it makes a difference, right? Um, but we're still the same person. We still have to continue the, the work of integrating. Right. Right. Yeah, that, that is amazing. I, I, when I read that blog that you were writing about going out on the date and just, I was like, okay, I don't let go still. I really don't. I don't even give people a chance. I still have this huge wall that I'm like, I'm not, no, you know, I know I want to, but I don't. And I think that it, you're, it, you helped me see something that I was doing in my own life that I could change, you know, and I thought, wow, that's really great. And I do love when I look at your blog and when I like see you post something on Instagram I'm like wow how real does it get this woman is so real and it's that's awesome because I'm like sometimes we try to be contrived and we don't because we want to portray an image and we don't let the real us be shown to the world and I think that that is it's a tragedy in some senses. Well, and it's this myth that you have to have it all together before you can write that book or have the podcast or, or whatever it is. And that's just not true, right? Most of us don't read books that are about the messy middle. And that's, you know, where, where I live is that messy middle. Like I don't have it all together. I'm still figuring it out. And so rather than like writing a book in 10 years of like, this is what I did do step A through Z and you too can have this glorious life. Like that's just not how it works. Right? Like the joy is right now finding ways that we can build towards that better future, but also enjoy right now in the mess. Totally. For sure. Talk about a little bit about how you approach coaching with people that you talk to. Yeah, you bet. Um, so probably the number one way that I find women um, to work with is, is through my Instagram account. And they reach out to me for exactly the reasons that you ladies have said that I'm real. It resonated with them. They've, um, you know, Instagram is full of people who pretend to have it all together or who do have it all together and, and tell you what to do. And the way that I approach coaching is that we all have the wisdom within us. Um, and so my, I, I approach my job as helping you find your own wisdom. I'm not going to tell you what to do because everybody's path is different, but you know, deep within you, 
what that looks like for yourself and how do we shed the layers of shoulds and all of the socialization that has been put on us, um, all of the Disney and religious things that have put on all of these you know, ideas of how a woman should be or how a wife should be or how a mom should be mm-hmm. and just really shedding all of those things so you can be your, that's why I call it wild radiant love. So you can be your wild self rather than this domesticated, layered, heavy, tired, tired woman. How can you be your own best self? Um, so really just helping women find their own inner wisdom rather than giving them a to-do list of do these things and then you too can can be great. No, you can be great right now. You are great right now. You have it within you. And we generally know that already, right? We just are looking for somebody to help us find that and to follow through, right? I mean, like oftentimes we know the right answer. We just need, you know, a little help following through. Yeah, definitely the accountability piece where you're just, there's someone there going, so you said you were going to do this. How did that go? And it helps, you know, I have a friend who is my water accountability partner. I'm horrible about water, but that's okay. <laughs> At least she asks me every once in a while. <laughs> right. Um, Asking the next question, too. you know, being able to, because when we're, when we're just ourselves, we can read the book and we're like, oh yeah, we'll do that. Well, do we? Um, or just asking that next deeper question too, of why do you think you handled that situation that way? Is like, wow, what, why did I? I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. I hadn't thought about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I just love, because I remember when we, when you uh, reached out to me when I was looking for a guest and you said that you were raised on Disney and religion. And I was like, I identify with that statement. And so talk to us a little bit about how that made you feel and how it shaped who you were a little bit. Absolutely. Um, So you talked earlier about dating and I do a series on my Instagram of of Friday night dates. um, And it's, dating has been hilarious to me actually but it's it's definitely interesting to practice new ways of dating versus when i was younger which was definitely inspired by that disney religious view of we have to be the woman that is chosen we have to be the one that is pretty enough or cooks well enough or you know is in shape enough or sexy enough or you know whatever it is all of those things that disney and religion really have have shown us that this ideal woman um, has to be in order to be chosen. Instead of now, how I approach dating is very much of, are you somebody that I want to be with? Are you somebody that I want to go out on another date with? And I just take it one at a time and, and approach it that way instead. And it's been mind boggling and revolutionary. And I think it throws a lot of men for a loop as well, because they're not used to women who view dating that way. And we see it in the stereotypes all around us in media, right? I mean, like, even in Taylor Swift songs, right? Of like, oh, you can't keep a man. You go on too many dates. Well, why Why do we put that on the woman? Why isn't it you're going on a lot of dates because you want to meet people and see who's out there? And none of those men are for you. Why is it all about like, oh, she can't keep a man? Um, because that's definitely something I internalized, especially going through that second divor- divorce of like, wow, what's wrong with me that I can't, I can't keep the, I can't keep a man happy or I can't keep a man from addiction or, you know, whatever those things are like, that's not on me. It's not on me that the men I married were 
were addicts and I didn't know it at the time that I married them. And that's for me where the religious piece comes in. I come from a cultural background of pretty fast marriages where pretty fast courtship rush into marriage because, you know, if they check all of the boxes, then therefore you're going to live happily ever after. And any two good people can make a marriage work. Mm. And I'm like, but I'm a good person. And I think they're a good person. And, you know, why, why can't I keep this together? Um, and so you try so hard for so many years trying to keep, you know, trying to bend yourself, trying to bend myself into, you know, into a place I didn't fit. You know, all of the mental gymnastics, trying to make it work. And it was exhausting, oh, right? Wow. I mean, like, that's... I'm so triggered. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think a lot of women are. Like, they can they can relate. We've, we've done all these mental gymnastics to try and be all of the things. Um, and especially when you find yourself... Um, I, I, I do talk with a lot of women who have found themselves in partnerships with narcissists and that end game is always moving. They, they fall for the fairy tale at the beginning. Um, and because, Ooh. you know, we, we grew up on, on Disney, right? we we fell for that fairy tale and we think, Oh, here it is for us, especially if it's our second, third or fourth time around. And then six, 12, 18 months into the relationship, everything changes. Maybe it changed a little by little and we ignored it, or maybe it was a big change, you know, immediately. Um, I've definitely seen both, but either way, we find ourselves trying to be the one to change. Oh, they'll just love me again if, if I do this, if I do that. And then a few years go by and we realize, oh my gosh, like the finish line was always moving and we're never going to get there. Now what? And that's who I talk to. That's is the, the women that are in the now what stage. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I was married to a narcissist, so I completely get that word you're sitting there and you're always trying. And as women, I think a lot of times we feel we're nurturers by nature and we're trying to fix our kids' boo-boos. So even our men become like our children and we are like, oh, if they're got a problem that somehow reflects on me and I need to do a better job. And it's, and you're right, it's trained into us. And so we're like, what can I do to fix this? And, and you absolutely can't fix it. But identifying the fact that you can't fix it is always, always, I think, the hardest part of it all. Right. Right. Because we want to fix it. We want this marriage to work. We want that ideal of a happy family to be to be real. We were sold on that. We fell for it. And because we remember those early feelings, too, of like when you were so in love and it was the fairy tale, we want to get back to that. And in reality, that was the fake part. But why didn't we, you know, do we realize that while we're in it? No. Absolutely. No. <laughs> I wish we did. I, I mean, I wish I, I used to think I was a real good, um, for lack of a better term, bullshit detector. And then I found out that my detection was only as good as the dopamine I was getting from feeling like I was in love. So, <laughs> you know, yay. Um, so. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so tell us a little bit about what you're doing now and what, you know, what are your, you know, plans with your coaching and, you know, your blog and are you going to write another book? What are you up to? Um, so I definitely enjoy the writing aspect. I, I enjoy writing. I enjoy speaking. Um, I definitely come from um, a few, a few things are my main 
passions, I guess. One would be definitely combating this this whole idea of toxic positivity right now. That is a huge passion of mine because I struggled so much. I did not want to be negative. I come from a family history of fairly negative women, and I did not want that. And so I thought, I'm going to look on the positive side. I'll look for the good. I focus on the good. Um, And then you ignore all of the bad things that are in there that really do need to be looked at. Um, It's not that you need to focus on the bad, but we have to be aware that these things are existing. You can't just be like, oh, well, that was really abusive, but like, oh, you have cute dimples, so we're good. That just isn't isn't helpful. Um, So being (laughs) right, those damn dimples. Um, So really focusing on everything that's in our life and being aware, um, keeping that focus on where we want to go, but being aware of our surroundings, being aware of the other pieces that make up this person that is in our life and determines a lot about our life really is, you know, when we're living with somebody. And so being aware of those things in a dating capacity, being aware of them at work, being aware of them in my personal life um, so that I can absolutely keep that positive outlook that I have. Um, I really come from a place of peace and joy now, Um, but that doesn't mean that there isn't sadness. It doesn't mean that there isn't things that need to be fixed. It doesn't mean that there are people that I can um, just hang out with for hours and hours, even though I love them. They maybe are somebody that I can only see for a little while at a time. So just being aware of those toxic pieces in our lives, even if they aren't toxic for other people, you know, being aware of how they affect us. Um, So really combating that toxic positivity. Um, I really also come from a place of radical acceptance and curiosity. So, you know, we all have these histories. And, you know, the first time I said I was twice divorced, it's like, that is, it sounds horrible. It sounded horrible to me. And now I say it like it's no big deal. Um, And what I have found with that is it allows other women to also say that. Um, And it's amazing how many people do have multiple divorces behind them. We just maybe don't know them from their whole piece of life. So we only know, you know, whatever's recent in the history that we share with them. And so many, many, many women feel super alone in that. They feel like they're the only one that's been divorced four times. They're the only one that has had this serial monogamy of, of people that turned out to be addicts or um, abusers or both or, or whatever. And so accepting that's our history. And that's okay. We can own it. That doesn't mean that that's what we have to keep repeating. Um, And that's where that curiosity comes in is really examining, okay, what have I done that allowed that pattern to repeat so many times? Because what's the common equation? Me. I'm the common denominator in that. Um, And so it's not that I caused those things, but what did I do to allow them to be in my life um, so many times? So really examining ourselves and getting real about what exists, what our history is, um, what is real about where our starting point is. Um, It's kind of like, you know, when we decide that we're going to go to the gym, we have to be real about our starting point. We can't just go out there and act like somebody who has spent two hours in the gym every day for the last 20 years. We have to be real about where we are in our life. And it's it's the same thing with any, any part of our life. We have to figure out where we're starting from so that we can build those small building blocks going forward. Radical acceptance, curiosity, um, that combating toxic positivity, and then just really, you matter. 
that is like the number one, right? Like we matter, our feelings matter. Maybe they, we've been called too sensitive or too emotional or too this or too that our whole lives. And so we've tried to put ourselves into this small little box because we think that we can't be our full self in order to be accepted or loved by others. And that's just not true. We have to accept that not everybody is going to love us. Um, I think that's part of what coaching has helped me learn is that not everybody's going to love my style and that's okay. Not everybody's going to love what I have to say and that's okay. Um, I, I'm not out there preaching to the masses. I am out there talking to this hopefully small percent of women who relate to what I have to say. Um, and so just accepting that we matter, our feelings matter, our sensitivities matter, what we want in a relationship matters, what we want um, to feel matters. And so that way we can go out there and choose what we want in our life, whether that's a person or whether it's the activities that we do, what we want to do matters. And that doesn't go away just because we're moms. Um, you know, this whole idea that our world has to be our children. No, because I don't want my child to grow up and think that her whole world has to be her child. I want her to grow up knowing that she's a whole woman and that being a mom is just a part of the gig. Um, it's a great part of the gig, but it's a part of it. It's not all of who she is. Yeah, no, I love that too. Um, I think it really aligns with our whole goal to nourish the whole woman and the whole mother and not just a part of, of you and, and really the acceptance that life is messy and that you will have bad relationships and you, and it won't stop just because maybe you get it together in your personal interactions with men or women, you know, great. You, you have a wonderful uh, romantic relationship. But your relationship with your mom or your cousin or whatever else could be going crazy or your teenage child has lost their damn mind now and you have to deal with that. So you it, it never stops. It's a constant thing. And I think that that learning to just think about everything as a whole and not just focus, hey, I need to be a mom 900 percent of the day and that's all I've got to do with my time. It's, and that's revolutionary because I feel like, you know, we are, we're, we're trained to believe that being a mother is only about our children. And if we have a partner, then it, the rest of us goes to our partner and there is nothing left for you at all. You've got, who cares about you? You're just here to nourish everything else, not worry about you. So I, I think that that, I, I love what you said because it just really resonates with what we're trying to do with is is in our messaging is that you have to accept yourself. You have to love yourself and loving yourself, accepting yourself allows you to move through life a lot uh, more smoothly, I think. And so, yeah, I love it. I, like I'm in love with you anyway, but you know, I just, I love it. <laughs> well, and it's, it's so great to show that to our children too, right? That they can have messy emotions. You know, we, we have a year that we refer to as the year of ice cream because I mean, like legit, I cried every day and, and ate ice cream every day. I was so sad about this divorce, even though it was the right thing to do. Right. And so showing our kids that it's okay to be sad, even when they make the right decisions, I think is huge. How many people tell them that that's not something that, that I ever learned. 
And so for a long time, I worried so much that I was making the wrong decision because I was so sad about it. No, I was absolutely making the right decision. It just was sad. It was sad to give up those dreams and to, and to continue that forward, right? Of, of it's okay to have complicated emotions. It's okay to be sad and happy at the same time. It's okay to have fears and to be angry and well, really, especially fears. I think that's a big one too. You know, there's such a push to be fearless and I just don't think that's realistic, right? Like it's okay to be scared. That's where bravery comes in. If we weren't scared, we wouldn't have to have courage. So it's okay to do something that is scary and makes our hair stand on end. And we wonder like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? Like take the risk. It's okay. It's okay. And have the mixed feelings about it. That's okay. And I also love what you said too. I was thinking about um, like giving our kids the 900% and then that partner gets, gets what's left. I recently went on a, a, I think I went on a couple dates with a man who he wanted to establish immediately that I would see him three to four times a week. And I was like, dude, I don't have time for that. That is, that's not something that I give to somebody that I've been seeing for six months, let alone somebody that I've been on two dates with. Like, I can't promise you that because I have, all of these other things that I want to be in my life. So if, if you want a girl or a woman who's going to have their life revolve around you, that's not me. I want a partner. <laughs> that's, that's just not going to fly. And that, that expectation exists. Yeah, I, it definitely does. And I think that it, one of the things that um, it also brings to mind is we did a, a episode on disastrous dating advice. And I find <laughs> that dating advice is 99.9% bullcrap. Um, and it, honestly, you have to write your own playbook and it, and they tell you don't make a list or whatever. And I'm like, I've come to the conclusion that I need a list because you know what? I wasn't checking enough boxes, right? Mm -hmm. Like I was like, oh, maybe this will work for me. No, sweetheart, that may not work for you. You may just, just because he's cute and has a nice smile and has a good job does not equate a good relationship. So there is something deeper that you need to be looking for and to identify what you need to be looking for is important. Um, mm -hmm. At least in my opinion, I, I have a lot of those. <laughs> I, I totally agree. And I mean, I think that comes from having been super lonely and in a marriage that I don't want to ever feel like that again. So I've been way less lonely as a single woman um, than I, than I ever was in a lonely marriage. And so, you know, when people settle because they want to make something work because they're so afraid of being alone, I say, let's, let's be alone. Like, let's set a time frame of like how long um, you might want to spend the next month or the next three months or the next six months being alone and not dating and just getting to know yourself. You might find that you really like yourself. You might find that you like your own company, um, in which case then you're not as willing to settle for somebody else that doesn't add to your life. Um, and that settling just makes me crazy because to me, it's like, it's like shopping when I, I, I said I have three teenage daughters and I've taught them with clothes shopping, right? That if it's not a yes, like a vehement yes, then it's a no. If it's a maybe, it's a no, because it's just going to sit in your closet. You're going to think, oh, I'm going to try and make that work if I have the right shoes or if I have the right place. It's really not that much different with dating. If it's not a hell yes, I want to go out with you again, then it's a no. And I, I don't follow any of those rules of like, oh, you have to give them three dates. No, I don't. <laughs> Like, you know, pretty early on. Yeah, no, I love that. That's amazing. 
um, so I feel like we've talked a lot about who you are and what you do, and I love it. And I want everyone to take a chance to check you out. So can you let our listeners know where they can find you, where they can find your blog, your Instagram, all that good stuff? You bet. Um, so you can find me on Instagram and Facebook as Wild Radiant Love. Um, you can also find me on the web at um, www.wildradiantlove.com. Uh, um, there's a blog there. You can check it out. Um, I usually have longer versions of whatever I've posted on, on Facebook and Instagram. Um, we can set up a consultation call. I'm happy to chat with women. Um, I do a lot of chatting via messages, really, um, just to get a feel for whether my style of coaching is, is what you're looking for. Um, I'll be launching some new digital products coming out for um, in the future as well. Um, just some like group coaching type things where you can get support from other women who are going through the same things as you, as well as like some things where you can work on your own pace. Um, I know that that definitely fits the busy mom lifestyle way better than maybe a, a weekly appointment does too. So I'm working on getting those things out so you can follow me and then you'll be the first to know once those things are live. Um, so wild radiant love, I'm sure you'll have it in the show notes as well. Um, and I'm happy to see you there. Yeah, amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And you know what? We're going to, you're now in the hostess, uh, not hostess, but the guest book. And we will definitely be calling on you again because you're freaking amazing. I love you. <laughs>